Congratulations, you've graduated to Jesus. We'll talk about it on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Is it a two-year degree? Is it a four-year degree? How does this education work? On this episode, we're looking at the covenants, especially found in Galatians. How does this work? And where is the role of the law? If you're wondering, how does this, what are we talking about? And how does this work? We are looking at the concept of the covenants found throughout Scripture. You're watching Inverse. My name is Justin Kim. In the studio, we have Jonathan Siku and Callie with us. And we're going to talk about Galatians and get into it. I'm Ooh. very excited. Yes. Are you guys excited? Yeah, we are. Uh, we're excited and a little tempered. <laughs> With, tempered with it because we, this is a hard topic yeah. and if you're if you've been tracking with us and you're getting a little discouraged don't get discouraged keep going keep going till the end and then and in lesson 13 episode 13 it's going to be awesome i did mention lessons you want to go to inversebible.org there you'll find our inverse bible study guides and lessons online and you can download them and study them at your own pace and you can interact with the scripture on your own level we're going to go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 22 to 25. And before we read Paul, before we read the Bible, we really need prayer. Mm -hmm. And so, Siku, please help us understand Paul by interceding to the Lord <laughs> in prayer. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Loving Father, we come before you now in humility, recognizing that without your help, we can misunderstand scripture and then misapply it to our lives, to our own detriment. And so we ask that the Holy Spirit would be our teacher now, um, that as we read the Bible, that we can clearly understand what you are trying to communicate to us and that it would have a transformative effect in our lives. We pray these things in your name. Amen. 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 Um, Jonathan, if you can read chapter 3, verse 22 to 25. Sure. Galatians chapter 3, verse 22 to 25 says, But the scripture has confined all under sin that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law, kept for the faith which would afterward be revealed. Therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. Very good. Thank you, Jonathan. Kelly, let me ask you, let's say you go home and I don't know, some, some random person named, you know, Tony or David's like, hey, what do you, what did you guys talk about uh, on, on, uh, on this, this quarter? And uh, what would you say? Uh, kind of give a, a, an encapsulation, a synopsis. I actually had this discussion with on... a random person named Tony this okay. morning, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I talked about, I, I can actually quote it. Um, we talked about the covenant. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, that sounds mm. fun. Mm. <laughs> I was like, no, no, it's really actually really great. Mm -hmm. And it's because there is a, the eternal covenant and God doesn't change. But the only thing that does change is, is our response mm. to him. And so we see like all these bad things about the covenants is actually just bad. Our response and how humanity's we, response, yeah, humanity's but also response. our response. Yep. Yeah, yeah, because mm -hmm. we're humanity. Mm -hmm. yep. mm -hmm. And when it, all the good things and all the promises, it's not also all the injunctions of like thou shalt do this or do this. All those aren't things like do them finish your homework and then come back to me and I'll, I'll help you out and stamp your approval. God's, instead, God says, surrender to me, come to me, agree to this covenant, and I will accomplish all of these things in mm -hmm. you. And so I, mean, I was like, huh, that's, 
I want to see it that way. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Mm-hmm. The covenants are so cool. And he's like, okay, and then drop me off, and now we're yeah. here. No, I, I always appreciate how you just take these really complex systems and yes. just really like Correct. you boil them, and then the water goes out, and then you put them into little cubes, and you put them into the refrigerator, and out comes this nice little sugar cube, you know? And it's just like you pop it in, and yep. it's just like you get it all, you know, dehydrated into this one um, package. Um, no sugar. Yeah, yeah, no sugar. It's it's it is it is uh, just it's a simple little calibration. Mm. Right. Instead of me doing it, it's God doing it. Yep. But that has implications oh, for so relationships so to, so and that's what the Bible is trying to, you know, work all that stuff mm-hmm. out. Absolutely. Yeah. Jonathan. Yeah. That's that is so important. What, what Kelly, what you were describing is is how we respond to God's covenant promise and God's God's covenant. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times we mix it up because the same words are being used yep. to also describe something else. So uh, sometimes mm-hmm. the Bible talks about the old covenant meaning historically the time before Jesus. Mm-hmm. But that does not mean that everyone before Jesus did not have a faith experience. You look at Abraham, he had a faith experience. Yeah. You look at David, he had a faith. A lot of people had faith experiences and Hebrews 11, you know, the Hall of, uh, f- the Hall of Fame, Hall of Faith, Hall you of know, yeah. <laughs> uh, confirms the Old Testament people had the, had the same kind of faith experience that the New Testament people had. So historically, yeah. sometimes we call that Old Covenant mm-hmm. and, then some, and then we call the New Testament time the New Covenant time. So yeah. that's the timeline that sometimes uses the same words. Mm-hmm. But what really matters is how do we respond to the covenant that in Old and New Testament time has always been the same. Mm-hmm. That's the and question. And we've been emphasizing that the details or the conditions of the New Testament, Old Testament, New Covenant and the Old Covenant right. are the same. Yeah. But we want to encourage you to, to watch next week's episode where I actually look at the, the, the minute details and there are details that are different historically speaking mm-hmm. of the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. But the Old Covenant points to Jesus. The New Covenant is now on the other side of Jesus. But for this episode, so we're looking at the responses that, that Callie says, that human response to these two covenants yes. that, uh, that, that are different and on, on different attitudes and different paradigms. Yeah, Callie. I just had a very small detail too. Another, another little sugar cube? A, a little, here's a little sugar cube. Um, <laughs> and that is, we're talking a lot about what's going on in the context. And maybe it's just me, but sometimes I feel like people say that and what they mean is you have to misconstrue something and mm. read into it too too much and like it's confusing but context is something that brings clarity yes. and actually brings a more of awareness and even just in our conversations if I'm talking to Justin say let's do that on Thursday but you don't know that the last five sentences I've said is talking about this Thursday in January where our families are going to get together so when someone's like oh Thursday so it's this Thursday next Thursday no we're talking about January mm-hmm. and and so all of the, it's like but you just said Thursday mm-hmm. but Thursday Thursday can mean a lot of things. Yes. Sure. It just depends on the context of our conversation. Yeah. That's a huge, that's a great, great sugar cube. That's a, yeah. right yeah. <laughs> we, we call that a hermeneutical key. Yeah, man. That. I mean, that was that was <clears throat> profound. Yeah. and we a lot of people do that to the Bible. Yeah. yeah. So use yeah. context to help you, and don't think that because it's not in one verse mm-hmm. means it's not there. It yes. just, it's a this whole book is a whole book. Yeah. So yeah. read the whole book. So that, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that gives you courage for those of you who are reading scripture and studying scripture. Sometimes we would just want like, Lord, give me that one verse, that one verse that gives me my vitamins for that day, and that's all I'm going to read. But there are some level of, of truths in Scripture that t- it takes a little bit of mining throughout the yes. entire Old and New New Testaments. Yes, yes, you got it. Testaments, you got it. and you get a lot of juice out of it. 
and you can put it in a secret cube afterwards. Well, let's go to <laughs> Galatians chapter 3 and um, Galatians chapter 3. So what's going on here? We did read Paul. We prayed Paul. What is going on in these verses? What are some insights that you see, especially when you see in verse 22? Let's pick up verse 21. Uh, we didn't read verse 21. So uh, is the law then against the promises of God? Certainly not. For if there had been a law given which could have truly given life, I misread that. Give, given which it. could <laughs> have given life, truly righteousness would have been by the law. Mm -hmm. uh, we have talked about the role of the law, mm -hmm. and we have established that it's not the law that's been abolished. The law is not dying. The law is not going away. But our attitude to the law, yes. our desire to keep the law by our own strength, that mm -hmm. is the carnal nature that's gone away. Mm -hmm. So what is Paul talking about here in Galatians that we need to iron out? So one Galatians, thing... Uh, not Galatians. Uh, Galatians. Yeah. <laughs> not Ali, not Galatians, Galatia. but Galatians. So verse 24. Well, verse 23 and 24. Yes, please. So be before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law, kept for the faith which would afterward be revealed. Therefore, the law is our tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. Mm -hmm. So two things of here, the function of the law in verse 23 and 24. And 23 is we were kept under guard by it. So it was mm -hmm. keeping us safe in some way. Mm -hmm. And verse 24 was tutor. It was teaching us something. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes though we're like, okay, this is part one of the gospel and then part two of the gospel. And I know we've already defined our terms, but it bears repeating. There's one gospel. Yes. Jesus fulfills it. Yes. Amen. Yeah. And even if we want to go back just to chapter one, so we know in verses chapter six. Chapter one of Galatians. Yeah, Galatians one, six through 10, Paul blasts out of the water any idea that there is some other gospel. So yeah. part one or part two, that is completely against what Paul's already said. So we can see that that's obviously not what he's saying. Mm -hmm. So we need to look what's actually going on here. And I think- Now you're speaking to, there are some people who believe that in the Old Testament, there's one type of gospel. Right. And mm -hmm. in the New Testament, Jesus introduces a new gospel. Yes. What we're saying, according to Paul, not Paul's true. not interested. There is no new gospel. He's this like, is the same gospel that's always existed and we are on the same yeah. page. Okay. And because again, I'm just going to harp on the context thing again, because you can't say all 57 disclaimers every time you say something, right? Yeah. So you have to like establish something, then move on and build from it. Yes. So if you forget the foundation, you're going to be confused. So you need to have the foundation to learn new things, which is why Paul sometimes blasts. He's like, I want to tell y'all stuff, but you, you can only handle like milk because you just can't track with me. Yeah, 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 so yeah. we need to be able to, to build truths in order yeah. to understand more truths. Yeah. Awesome, Kelly. Yeah. So the, the tutoring here, I think it's, I'm confused on which lesson we're on right now, but I think we talked about it right mm -hmm. in the past about Romans 7 and mm -hmm. yeah, so we need, we need this tutor, something to bring us to Christ. Mm -hmm. And so the law we've talked about, the law isn't, isn't evil, but the law also can't do anything for us. Mm -hmm. It's almost just like this person who stands apart, it's like, this is bad. So what do I do about it? I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just bad. In That's many ways, it. <laughs> it's kind of like a resume of Jesus, right? Yes. It is not Jesus. It's not the person Correct. of Jesus. It's not the relationship with Jesus. It's just kind of on a very, you know, sterile level. This yeah. is who Jesus is. And people think just by taking his resume, you, so like, you've interacted with I got Jesus it. and you're I'm saved, Jesus. but you're not. <laughs> um, now, that's very interesting that in verse 24, and this is where we get our, our, our lessons, top, lessons title here, no longer under a tutor. There's some people who believe that that, that word is translated as schoolmaster. Mm -hmm. And this, this, this is uh, the law is a, an individual who is, you know, whipping their children, uh, the students, and saying mm -hmm. the, the, the law uh, was a bully for about, you know, 4,000 years throughout the Old Testament, just pointing out every time you failed. Mm -hmm. And now Jesus has come and 
and he's done away with this evil nice. tutor schoolmaster, <laughs> and he's nice. He's the kindergarten teacher. <laughs> he's who, the kindergarten guy. She, uh, she's, you know, 22 years old and just fresh out of education school, and she's super nice. Is this what's going on in this passage? Well, I, I think it's important talking about context. Um, in verse 19 of chapter 3, okay. um, Paul asks a question, what purpose then does the law serve? This, yes. this tells you that this question arises from right. things that he has been saying previously. Okay. Mm -hmm. And of note in verse 10 of the same chapter of chapter 3, he says, for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. He's been, it's kind of, there's a negative association it seems with the law in the way that he's been discussing it. Um, but in, in verse 10, if we'll note that the terms that he use, he uses, the terminology, as many as are of the works of the law, mm -hmm. right? So he's talking about a, a certain relationship that you have with the law, okay. and that relationship is negative, right? Mm -hmm. And so when he when it comes to what purpose does the law serve, because the way he's been talking about it makes it seem like it's a negative experience, but in reality, it is the experience with the law that has been negative, right? Okay. And uh, by contrast, in verse 23, by the you know when we get to verse 23, but after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. So there's a difference between the works of the law and this faith experience now in terms of how we're relating to the okay, law. Okay, so you could hold that thought, and we come back after the break. We're going to look at continuing the works of the law and how that works out in our experience. So stay with us. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Welcome back. We're in Galatians chapter 3, and Siku, what were you saying before the break? <laughs> what I was saying was, um, th there's this contrast in Galatians chapter 3 that Paul is drawing between the works of the law and the faith experience. Mm -hmm. And and those two experiences, they're both experiences with the law, mm -hmm. right? But but the, the, the quality of the experience is different, right? And so what he's what he's saying here in the section that we're, we're looking at, the purpose of the law, isn't, it's not to bring us to salvation. We're not justified by the law, he said earlier. Like the law cannot save you, right? But it does serve a purpose. It's still necessary. And the only way we can positively interact with the law, actually, is through a faith experience, okay. a faith in Jesus. Okay, so let me, let me ask you, how do we positively, positively interact with the law? What are some of these positive experiences mm -hmm. they had with the law before Jesus came? Well, you know, really, when it comes to, to the law, it's like where you stand with Jesus determines how the law affects you, okay? Mm -hmm. So, uh, if we are uh, in a relationship with Christ, the law is, 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 is guiding us and is, is, is leading us and directing us in our life, and Jesus is keeping that law through us as we surrender to Him. Mm -hmm. But if Jesus is not part of our or if we have not surrendered this desire to, you know, take control to Jesus, then the law has this more this, you know, condemning uh, uh, effect on us. Mm -hmm. Now you were asking uh, what, what experiences um, have happened before Jesus came mm -hmm. historically? Yeah, what so, were the positive experiences of the law before, before yes. Jesus came? So I, I think I mentioned this in an earlier episode, or maybe it was in the season on Romans, but uh, we, <laughs> <Forget>. we yeah. <laughs> but, um, I always have to think of David, King okay. David. Okay. This man was a sinner. You know, he he killed. Uh, he, he he committed adultery. He lied. He did all these things, and he was confronted with the law. Right. The prophet Nathan came to him and says, "Thou art the man. Like you have you have committed these sins," and David realizes in the light of the law, 
I'm a sinner. And he had a choice. He could just defend his actions and say, no, I'm the king, I can do whatever I want, mm -hmm. and I define what's right for me. But what did he do? He had a positive experience where the law pointed out that he had an issue, but also pointed to Christ. Mm -hmm. And so Psalm 51, if you haven't read it, read it. It's a powerful, powerful prayer of, of asking Jesus to cleanse our hearts and our minds, to make us new, to give us that new experience where we want to keep the law and where He does that in us. So that's a, one example mm -hmm. uh, that I really personally very much resonate with because it shows that the gospel is in the Old Testament and it shows us that God is willing to do that miracle. And we look at David's life, you know, God turned his life around mm -hmm. and, uh, and it, was, it was beautiful and he is in the lineage of the Messiah and all yeah. those things. Yeah, your comment makes me think that before the actual person of Jesus came, Yes. Uh, there was no standard of good. There was no standard. People created their laws, but how do we know what true long-suffering and mercy and patience is? And so this 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 law was given temporarily mm -hmm. in many ways to condemn us to feel the need for Christ, yes. Yes. to drive us to, man, I can't do this. I need something outside of myself. Right. So that feeling of like, man, I can't, this negative like shrugging of my shoulders and this, right. this, this little <laughs> comfort, that should occur at the law. Mm -hmm. uh, but what happens is sometimes they don't feel this way. They're like, oh, is that what I have to do? And then let me just let me buck, buck, uh, uh, pull, pull myself by up Push my boots. Let but. me just try harder. Right. <laughs> and, and then then they do it. And that's kind of a weird, kinked out response to the law. Like you're you're supposed to feel helpless before the law. Yes. Right. You're supposed to feel condemned by the law, mm -hmm. so that it drives you to the cross. And right. yeah. the two kind of work together. Another yeah. example of this experience can be found in in the book of Jonah. Okay. And um, at the end of Jonah chapter 3, do you mean Let's go to Jonah. Jonah's going to take a little time because okay. it's one of those smaller ones. Before Micah. The dinky ones. <laughs> Before Micah, after A and O. Jonah, there I'm we there. Go. You guys so, there yet? Yep. yep. Chapter, oh, I'm Long last. time ago. Okay. <laughs> chapter. Jonah, we'll go to Jonah 3. Jonah 3. And I want to start in verse 10 and then 10. we'll go to chapter 4. Okay. So, but before I read it, just so. Jonah, God's like, hey, Jonah, go to Tarsus. He's like, or none of us are. And he's like, no. And then gets swallowed by whale. Then he goes, then he, he preaches repentance to this, this nation. Okay. It's a very another, wicked nation. Another sugar cube. Just, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's what happens. Yeah. And cool. then so he preaches, he preaches, and then verse 10 happens. Yes. Then God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. Mm. So mm. notice here, though, so we say, like, he saw their works. We're like, oh, this is salvation by works. <gasps> They're doing all these good things. Like, mm -hmm. what was it? That they turned from their evil way. Oh, okay. They didn't actually do a lot of good things. Right. <laughs> they just, they, they, they didn't even have time. It's not even like, and then God checked on them three years later mm. and saw that they had reformed themselves. And he said, you did your homework. I now accept you. Mm. That is not what it says. What it says. Mm. They turned. They're like, okay, God said, turn this way. They're like, I turn, I choose to go a different direction. And God's like, awesome. We're good now. Mm -hmm. And then he's continuing in there. And Jonah gets so upset about this. Mm -hmm. In verse one of the next chapter, chapter four, it says, but it, God being merciful, basically, displeased Jonah exceedingly and he became angry. Verse two, so he prayed to the Lord and said, ah, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore, I fled previously to Tarshish for I knew that you are a gracious and merciful mm. God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness one who relents from doing harm. 
He's blasting God because he is, as some people would, if they bifurcate it, uh-huh, mm. in a bad way, he's blasting God for having the quote-unquote characteristics of the New Testament Jesus. Mm. Right? Like, you are merciful. You're forgiving. I hate this. Mm. I hate this about you. It's like, but we... So, this kind of experience, they had faith and they turned. Yes. This is what... This is a New Testament experience, a yeah. new mm-hmm. covenant experience, mm-hmm. and that's happening in very much the Old Testament. So, so I mean, this is this is this is this is this guy like uber uber profound. <laughs> yeah. So these Ninevites are experiencing a new covenant experience. They are. Whereas this Jonah, prophet who yeah. is actually preaching yep. a new covenant in his words he's is preaching, preaching a new covenant, covenant message, but he's, but he's experiencing the an old covenant, covenant experience. Ooh, that's yeah. Deep. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I mean, the uh-huh. studio needs to be silent. <laughs> that, that that that's crazy. Yeah, and I think that's that's even you could even that's that's a pretty easy application, right? How much more for us? Yeah, yeah. Right. we can say all the right things, but what is our experience? I don't even say when we've been recording this quarter, I've been so convicted. But like, convicted sounds kind of harsh, but I've I've been deeply encouraged. Yes, that this is the God that we serve, and. I just, my concern is to be like Jonah, right? Mm-hmm. We can say all the nice things. We can, mm-hmm. we can count the time down to zero and mm-hmm. say things really nicely here. But like, am I, am I living this? When I see God extending his mercy to people, am I rejoicing? Or like, man, God, I know you're always like that. I always give him mercy. Yeah. I can't stand it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and it's it, his, his old covenant response is hating the new covenant God. Yeah. He's hating the mercy. Exactly. He's hating. He wants to, he wants exaction. He wants, he wants the to law yeah. to come yeah. through. I want you to come yeah. down on them. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's only because Jonah forgot what he just did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not like Jonah's been righteous his whole life. And he's like, yeah, I want justice. He literally ran away from God in the most overt way possible. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, yeah, like, you know, bring me back and I'll, I'll serve you. But he doesn't want the same exact mercy. Mm-hmm. The same. He's like, I want the new covenant experience towards me, mm-hmm. but I want you to exclude that from everybody else because right. they mm-hmm. deserve your wrath, your mm-hmm. scary wrath. And mm-hmm. what, what, he wants control, and that is what happens. The old covenant attitude is, I want to control my yes. situation. I want to control my life. I want to control how I'm saved. I want to control how I deal with my issues. Yeah. Right? And so we, we buy all the self-help books. We, we, we watch <laughs> mm-hmm. all the, you know, all, all the shows to that, that give us some insight and and while there's some merit and some cool tricks and hacks and whatever in those things at the end of the day it does not change the heart and so we cannot control the change of the heart that is something only our creator can do Mm. that's why david said create in me a clean heart who can create only god Mm. and that's but it's so beautiful i love that you brought up jonah it shows us that the the God of the New Testament, the gospel of the New Testament that often people say is also the gospel of the Old Testament. (laughs) It's the same God. So you said, um, you know, what was the experience of people before Jesus came? Yes, it's true. Jesus exemplified, you know, the beauty of God's character in a powerful way. But God's character was revealed in the Old Testament everywhere enough for people to have the new covenant experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and in terms of the, the experience in the Old Testament, there was a slight difference between what we experience now. Um, and it's a historical difference. Yes. Mm-hmm. In the Old Testament, they had the law and it did the same thing that it does to us today. It shows you yes. you're wicked, you're evil, and I can't do this, and you fall helpless in the face of the law. Yes. But then it was pointing you forward to 
a messiah who was going to come. Mm. There, they had rituals and and, and yes. sacrifices yes. and a system that right. pointed forward that to pointed Jesus. That pointed forward yes. to Jesus. That's right. And so it it in as much as it showed you the wickedness of your life, they also had other things in there that would point to okay, when you see this, what you need is a sacrifice in your place because you cannot do it on your own, right? right? Yes. And so they would have to look forward by faith to Jesus Christ. Um, whereas now Jesus came historically and and I mean it's huge that Jesus actually came you know it's it it makes it bifurcates bifurcates yeah. history yeah. Right? and Jesus Jesus actually came and now we can yes. look back in faith at look what back. Christ accomplished yeah. for us and continues to accomplish for us in our salvation now mm -hmm. yeah. and and I mean it's it was it is a slight difference mm -hmm. ultimately the law always pointed to our need of a savior mm -hmm. Back then, it pointed to a need of a savior who was yet to come. Mm -hmm. And now we know that he already came and yes. he sacrificed and he died on the cross and his blood is still efficacious for us now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A beautiful sure. thing now that is that your relationship with the law changes as you accept Christ into your life. Uh, so the law has a multidimensional purpose really for, for our experience, you know, mm -hmm. before and after Jesus. But the beautiful thing, in Jesus, the law also come, becomes a promise. Mm -hmm. So, and this is actually found in the original Hebrew when it look at the Ten Commandments, it can also be understood not just as imperatives, but also with a, as a promise, as a promise that, you know, you will not kill, you will not lie. Mm. And, you know, we know that it's not just about killing and lying, this goes way deeper, you know, right. Jesus, it, you know, it talks about the heart and all, everything that's connected to it. So that's the power, the law, uh, as your relationship with Jesus changes positively, you know, you connect with him, the power of the law or the power of Jesus through the law becomes, you know, changes as well. So it has a different effect on your life and it's just, it's amazing. God is so good by providing us with all these things yes. throughout the entire history from Genesis to Revelation. Uh, the gospel is the same, that the way people are saved is the same and Jesus is the same uh, in the beginning and the end. I'm just, I'm just so thankful. Mm -hmm. I'm so so thankful. practically speaking, let me ask you how, so this, this law is a tutor. Yes. We go from one stage to another. How, how do we cross that, that, that chasm? Like how do so we, how do we go? Kelly. The, the, the tutor, right, is pointing us to our need. Mm. Again, kind of going about this, this is where you need to be. You're not there. I'm mm. just letting you know. Mm -hmm. And so the way we cross over is something we've, we've, we have talked about and we'll continue to talk about is you, you acknowledge that mm -hmm. and you say, Jesus, please do for me what I cannot do for myself. Mm -hmm. I choose to surrender my life. So the law still, it's, it's like the law first, it's, it's just pointing you. It's not promises in and of itself. Mm -hmm. It's just there to tell you what you can't do. It's you're like, okay, I'm pointing, you're pointing me to go that direction, I should go that direction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then you go to Jesus and Jesus is like, okay, now the law to you is promises. Mm -hmm. yes. It's a promise of what I am doing and will continue to do in your life. Mm -hmm. So it, the law kind of stays the same, mm -hmm. but because our relationship and with faith and with Christ changes, then how it how we interact with it changes mm -hmm, as well. Mm -hmm. The book of Jonah ends with a question, and rightfully with our episode, it could end with a question, how many of you are part of a an old covenant experience, experience wanting to do uh, the law and what it has to say, but with your own strength? And maybe you may be preaching a new covenant message and everyone around you is having a new covenant experience, but you are still in under a plant and you're mad that everyone is having this experience and maybe you're a Jonah. I don't know about you, but uh, just like Callie, this has been a very convicting uh, 
section Absolutely. Yes. and a convicting episode for, for me as well. I don't want it just to be a host of a TV show that's just saying the right things. Mm-hmm. I want to be someone who's a part of a new covenant Amen. experience Amen. and graduating from the law to Jesus who helps me fulfill the law all by his strength. Mm-hmm. That's my prayer. Hopefully that's yours. Thanks for joining us here on Inverse. We'll see you next week here as we continue the topic of covenant. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.